Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Exurgat Deus dissipentur nemicius et fugiancio derenteum afacia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. I want to do something a little bit different than the norm for this podcast. Maybe a little bit of light in the darkness, some other stuff. Um, and a lot more personal. I've been looking forward to the day that I could actually hand part of the reins to one of the young men who work at my job. They worked for me until tomorrow when I pick up a new role. <clears throat> but he, uh, he's got everything in him to be great. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that come to fruition. Hopefully he'll be around long enough that I can, and hopefully hopefully things will go well enough that I can get an opportunity to see him do some amazing things. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli estro praesidium. Imperatili Deus, supplicas de precamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, Satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum de trude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis, Sancti Joseph, ora pro nobis, Domine ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata conceptio est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> when you're in the world, and whatever career path or jobs or whatever, when you're interacting with people around the world, or, you know, just in your own community, it's very rare that you find and meet someone, that you get to work with someone, who has drive to meet a potential and magnificent amounts of potential. 
And these, this young man at work, I'm going to call him Steve. He's one of those people. He had a fairly difficult life. Not too, too difficult. You know, not with the broken home and this, that, and the other. Um, to that degree. But strict parents and hard life upbringing. Stumbled and fell a little bit. Making his way through the world. Knows without a doubt that he wants more. Even if he doesn't know necessarily what it is. You can tell he's looking for something. You can tell that he's pushing himself towards something. He's an expert at his craft. He's a painter. <clears throat> Spent 10 years doing auto, auto body work and stuff like that. An exceptionally skilled craftsman. One of the best guys, one of the best guys at the job. One of the best guys at my company. And we picked him up by luck and chance and probably more than a little bit of providence. And a really, truly incredible young man. And I call him a young man because he's, he's not young per se. It's not like he's 18 or 19. He's in his 30s. Um, but, he is younger than, but he is younger than I am. And his outlook is... Um, not as well formed given his generation. And I say that, you know, let's be real. It's long past meme about the millennial generation. And it's nice when you get, because there are, <clears throat> I've come across so many people who were listless, who were barely more than derelict ships on the sea. They weren't really interested in going somewhere. They weren't really interested like they weren't really interested in the future. They weren't working towards anything, and in a lot of cases because of that they simply weren't working. And this young man took took a chance to come a thousand way a thousand miles away from his home. trying to find something more. And I don't know necessarily that he knows what it is that he's looking for. I'm hoping by God's grace that he's going to find much more than what he counted on. I'm hoping. More than that, I'm hoping that I can be enough of a mentor to get him really, really moving forward. <clears throat> the problem that a lot of people don't see is that the world is actually out there to grind you down. They are. They're more interested in the chaff that they, you know, the chaff and the extra that they can shave off of you to prove that you're not as good as you could be. They want nothing more than you to wallow in the same pity that most people are in. That self-indulging, just pitiful existence. And for a lot of traditional Catholics, 
for those of us, particularly for those of us who are converts and reverts to the faith, we can see it, we can understand it, maybe we can't put our finger on it, maybe we don't necessarily know how to, how to name it and really sort of put boundaries around it. But we know it's there. The world is designed to grind you down. And that should be, it should be, a source of tremendous hope. Because the world can be there to grind you down, to take off the chaff, to to grind off all that excess. And ideally, they just want to grind you down to nothing but dust. They want to make you the same sludge, the same chaff, the same, uh, and I keep saying chaff, the um, the same slag. Let me switch over to, to metals. They're hoping to find out that nothing in you is actually perfected. And many people actually fall to that. Many people allow the world to grind them down, to imbue upon them the same impurities. In fact, we're going to hang out with, with the metals metaphor. Imperfections in the metal, in an alloy, they show up as molten slag often during the, during the working process. And what the world is hoping to do is with the stones, with, with the stones that it uses to grind you down with the, um, you know, like sandpaper and all of, like sandpaper and all of those materials that are designed to grind metal down, they're hoping that they'll find nothing left. And the reason for that is, is for, for most people, they actually have nothing in them but slag. Nothing in them but impurities and imperfections. And if they can manage to grind down anything that manages to look like perfection in you to, to where you look just like them, that same um, nasty dust on the floor, then they're happier about it. I like to use the metaphor of life as being the forging of a really good sword. God knows the materials he chose. In fact, I think part of the reason why we're red-blooded, part of the reason part of the reason why we're basically like <clears throat> various other tones of melanin and all that stuff notwithstanding, if you stripped all the mel- melanin out of a person, our skin is basically like a grayish a, a grayish hue and our blood is red and that's what actually gives us our color. And of course, the darker the darker gray, when you add the red, then you get the shades of brown. But ultimately, we're physically, our skin is gray. It's not white, it's not black, it's not any shade of brown. We are literally shades of gray infused with the red blood. And that's only on the surface. And I think God chose red, hemoglobin, because that's basically where we get it. In all honesty, in all honesty, when you when you look at human blood, our red blood cells are red specifically because they're because they have iron in them. Oxidized iron. You could make the case 
that our essence is part rust. And knowing that, because rust is little more than just iron ore, life is the process of turning us from iron ore into fine steel, finely crafted steel. And don't get me wrong, gold has always been money, but the true value in the world has always been steel. It's steel that makes automobiles. It's steel that makes machinery. It's steel that makes some of the greatest inventions, some of the greatest machines, some of the greatest tools that we've ever had. A good axe is finely crafted steel. A good car, for the most part, is made out of mild steel. Now, we're getting into, you know, in modern days, our, our technology is getting to the point now where steel is used in the application of making other things. So now, a lot of cars are made of more, much more than just steel. You get fiberglass and all sorts of other stuff. <clears throat> <coughs> but you don't get the oil <clears throat> that makes the polymers that make the rest of the car without steel tools. You just don't. And it's about finding the right mix to add into the iron to make a well-crafted tool for whatever for whatever purpose it serves. And there's a wide diversity of tools and a wide diversity of purposes. But being that I'm a warfighter, I have a perspective that lends it that lends the analogy more towards swords. And a good sword is made with just enough coal mostly iron and some other trace elements, some other trace metals, that the whole process of making a good sword is very, very similar to the process of the world, of making a good soul. And I think that's in part part of the reason why uh, the Apostle Paul went so far with the soldier metaphor. He may not have known it, he may have, who knows, but he may not have known it. But the crafting of a but the crafting of a very fine weapon is very, very similar to the crafting of a great saint. And to be sure, many saints are not weapons. They're not made to be weapons. They're made to be other tools in God's toolkit. But the process basically goes like this. From out of the dust, we find the ore. We gather up the ore. We mix in a few elements. And then we begin to form it. In medieval, medieval times, during the Middle Ages, during the Middle Ages in particular, but in medieval times, you would, you would gather up the ore, you would place it in a clay pot, seal the clay pot, and then you put the clay pot in a fire, in the forge. And forging temperatures in excess of, you know, 11, 1200 degrees in order to make sure that, <clears throat> and for hours, possibly even days. And what would end up happening is, is you would, as the iron melts and the slag 
comes off, moves itself to the outside because the core because the core of, of, of the metal would be hot and molten. After a period of time, you break open the shell, the clay pot shell. And inside, you have your steel ingot. And on the outside of that is the stuff that's eventually going to come off as slag. It's the impurities, the things that didn't quite mix right. Parts of, parts of the outer shell, that, cl that clay pot that, that melted just enough to get mixed in just on the outside, just on the outsides of the metal. And the first thing you do is you shave as much of that off as you can. So that, so that you have nothing but the steel core, an ingot. In fact, when you pull it, when you when you crack it out, when you crack it out of the shell, out of the egg, as it were. For those, for the, by the way, for those of you who are follow, who are following along and have an alchemy um, background, you crack open the egg, and out of the egg comes the philosopher's stone. That red hot glowing, slightly reddish, or I should say slightly red-orange color stone. <clears throat> you shave off, <clears throat> you clean off the outsides of that, and get all the excess slag off of there, and then you begin the forging process. At which point you begin to mold the metal into its shape. You begin to draw it out into into the base, you know, you, you go from the ingot into a beam, and then from the beam, you work your way down until you have something that resembles a blade. And in that whole process, it's add heat, hammer it, add heat, hammer it, add heat, hammer it. Hours-long process. It's made shorter today by, you know, hydraulic drill, drill presses and things like that. <clears throat> but that whole process of heating and hammering the metal into shape is not dissimilar. In, in all honesty, at that point, is very much not dissimilar to your teenage years, because you go from something from an unformed glob, and that's when things begin to take form. And I say teenage years, and that's actually a sad testimony, because in the world that started much much sooner, for thousands of years, that that process began earlier. Children as young as three or four, would begin to be formed into the adults that they would become. It was something that you started early, that you carried through the entire life cycle. Now we put it off. We allow our kids to gain more and more slag as we just kind of let them carry on unformed and unforged. But that forging process, that process of forming it, begins to, begins to give that glob of metal shape. It begins to imbue that glob of metal with purpose. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And it's very much the same way with life. Is it easy? Of course not. You're being burned and beaten, left and right. Burned and beaten. Burned and beaten again and again and again. Heated. To near, to near the maximum that you can, to near the maximum that, you're, that you can take. And then beaten and formed into shape while you cool. And occasionally you get heated and normalized which is to say that which is to say that it's heated up and then it's just allowed to cool on its own you could almost say that those are times of respite but as you get closer to the end that begins to change once once the final form is seen once you've been formed into the shape of the tool that you're supposed to become you're heated again. You could say it's the final test. But that final test is not in the heating, because by this point, you've been heated again and again and again. The final test is the quenching, when there's a tempering added. Will you bend? Will you break? Was the pattern of the welds worth it? Or will you delaminate and shatter? By that point, and this is actually, that test is typically going to be the test right about for, for a Catholic. It'll be the time that they are actually converted in their hearts. It'll be that time when they finally realize, oh, that's what God's been doing with my whole life. That's why I'm here. Now, we as Catholics know it's to know, love, and serve God. But there's more to it. Because it's at that point that it's, 
is this purpose that you've been called for? Is this purpose that God has been putting into you, that he's been trying to put all of those influences, all of, all of that hammering, is this purpose going to stick? Or when he sticks you, or when he sticks you in the water, and this heat is finally sloughed off, or I should say water or oil, depends on the, honestly depends on the, uh, the sword crafting technique. But when you get quenched this time around, are you gonna break? Are you gonna bend? Very few swords that are that are put through the process when they're quenched have no warping. And you could actually call that warping sin. Those things that you're still gonna be stuck with. <clears throat> when you pull the blade out of the quench and it's actually and it is actually warped, what happens there? When you go back in the fire. You go back, now it's time to take measures to get that warping, that bending, those imperfections out. In the historical church, through the, cor through the course of, say, well, actually, again, through the medieval times, that warping gives you an opportunity at that point to commit is this the purpose that I'm going to carry forward? Am I going to am I going to allow God to form me into the tool that he wants me to be? And if that answer is yes, historically, that would mean going back to the monastery. That would mean spending time in prayer and penance. That would mean taking the time to get those warps, those bends straightened out. The problem of humanity is that we rarely ever want to take the time at that point to go through that reforging process, that, that shorter reforging process where we get those imperfections out. Too many of us are willing to just stop at that point and not go through the further trials of getting those imperfections moved out. And those people you could call the lukewarm Christians, the lukewarm Catholics. The ones who are like, well, you can see that I'm a sword and that's good enough. But I can tell you, at least in the case of sword making, that that's not going to be enough. No swordsman is going to want to bring a bent blade, a warped blade, into battle. Because those blades will fail. You'll never get put to the use that you were designed for if you stop at that point. <coughs> <clears throat> and it's at that point, actually, that the trials become more difficult because they're not, it's, it's no longer the great trials of being put back in the fire. It's no longer the great trials of being, of being taken out of the fire and being hammered into place. These are much more subtle. They're much more subtle changes. Yes, there may be some fire needed. Yes, there may be some heating and retempering needed. But by and large, the measures that are taken to carry ourselves from lukewarmness to the final finished product, they take longer. They're more tedious. You're not making the same huge gains 
The temptation is to look and go, well, but I'm a sword. Why do I need to go further? Completely forgetting that the craftsman doesn't just want any old piece of steel to be a sword. <clears throat> he wants this to be a sword that he can put in the, wep in, the ha in the hands of someone who knows how to use weapons. He wants this to be, this, he wants this sword to be the sword of sword of legend. A testament to the expertise of the craftsman. Historically speaking, the Ulfberts or the Masamunes. The swords that have names like Excalibur or Glamdring. He doesn't want this to be some regular old sword that you pulled off a battlefield that's, you know, half warped and bent and is, oh yeah, well they carried this and okay, well, I guess this must have been, you know, early on in the, in the craftsmanship process for expert sword making. That's not the kind, that's not the kind of craftsmanship that brings honor to the maker. A sword with, a, twi a sword with twists and bends and warps. That's not from the hand of the, that's not, that's not the kind of sword that brings glory to, the, to its creator. And so many of us are willing to be like, well, I'm a sword and God made me a sword and so that's good enough. We're not willing to go through the trials and the tribulations. We're not willing to deal with the, with the, you know, Susans from the parish councils. And those people who like to talk crap behind you, about you behind your back and you just kind of want to go along to get along because good enough is good enough. People can see that I'm a Christian. I have the form of a Christian. It's not perfect, but nobody's perfect, right? Surely nobody's perfect just brings huge, huge amounts of glory and honor to the God who made all of those bodies. So I say that to say, obviously, it's not good enough. Obviously, at that point, we have to be willing to undergo the long, tedious trial of being properly reformed, properly molded, properly shaped into the sort of tool, into the sort of weapon, into the finest sword that brings glory and honor and praise to the one who made it. And even then, once you have the final shape, the job's not done. Once you've been made into that straight blade, that, that, that weapon that is going to clearly be of excellent craftsmanship, when you've conformed yourself fully to the will of the craftsman, it's not over because now comes the polishing. Now comes the mold. Now actually comes the grinding, the sanding, the sharpening, the shaping, the polishing. Difficult to be sure. And some of the weapons are gonna be crafted so that the grain of the weapon and the patterns of the welds and the, you know, the 
the various images, the, the true nature of the craftsman comes out. And so there's chemical etching and polishing and shining and all of the, and all of that. Perhaps there's going to be some taken out so that there can be an inlay of letters and numbers and words. So that there's a message, such as Christus Vincit, Christus Regnat, Christus Imperat. And on the last day, when you finally go to meet your maker, possibly, if you've conformed yourself enough, if you've allowed yourself to be molded by God enough, then possibly on that last day, possibly on that last day, you're added to the arsenal as one of the great saints as a person of miracles. And to be sure, this process is different for everybody because, you know, some some people are swords, some people are knives, some people are great swords. Some people are going to be spears and armor. Some people are going to be other equipment, knives and forks and spoons. Whatever it is that the intent is, the, the obligation that we have as Christians is to allow God to form us into exactly what it is that he wants us, the tool of the finest craftsmanship. The tool that brings the greatest glory and honor to the craftsman who made it. And all of that is basically to say that God has given me the gift of, manning to of managing to find someone who is so close and given me the opportunity to be the grinding stone, the sandpaper, the polishing cloth. And I pray that I am exactly that, so that this young man can reach the greatness that he can, that God has destined for him. Right now, he jumps to conclusions. Right now, the hallmark of most of the people is his approximate age is, it, is that it is generally all about his, him, and what it is that he wants. And I don't fault him for that, because you got to start somewhere. But right now, he's at the start of an amazing path. And I got the opportunity to finally put him in a position where he can excel. Where he can truly, truly become something wonderful. And I hope, I hope that he's truly willing to go through the forging process. Because I'm not the one who's forging him. I just, you know, I get to coach him and mentor him and sort of encourage him 
here and there, hopefully, and hopefully, God willing, I don't suck at that. God willing, I don't mess it up with him. But he's getting ready to, but he, he just signed up for some serious trials. All of the annoyance, and ironically, all of the annoyances that he told me he absolutely didn't want. But that's kind of how we are. We tend to be very ambivalent. We want these great things, and we don't want the trials that come with them. Thank God for this week. Because this week gave, gave me the opportunity to watch a young man become a great man. He's already at the top of his craft. He's already there. He's gone pretty much as far as he can by himself. Now it's time to see what he does with the team. And I am so very excited. Very, very excited to see what this what this kid can do. I know he's not he's probably not actually listening to the podcast and I suppose that's going to be a tragedy. Maybe it's better. Who knows? God willing, five or six months from now, I'll share with him this episode. We'll see the date and timestamp. And I'll know for absolute certain I'm rooting for him. Because I really wouldn't waste time talking on a podcast like it's a diary were it not true. So pray for Steve. And pray for me. Because at the same time that I got him to pick up this new role, I'm about to not actually be his supervisor anymore. Because I'm moving because I'm moving to my new role. Such is life. Oh, God bless him. It's gonna be absolutely awesome. If he can really find his feeding, uh, excuse me, his footing with this role. Pray for him. Pray for me. As always, pray for the church and the nation. Pray for the hierarchy. They seem, from what I understand, the stuff that I'm not covering by recording this episode, things seem to really be getting out of hand up in those upper echelons. They seem to be going absolutely bat crap crazy. So they need your prayers as well. And of course, we're still fighting the globalists, Luciferian and diabolical influence across the country. So again, pray for your nation as well. Pray for your community. Pray for your family, of course. But don't just pray for your family. Lead your family in prayer. Help form the weapons that God is trying to form from us Catholics so that we may be able to stand in that day and having done all, we stand. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you.
and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.